Hey, it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. Liz Cheney got blown out by 30 points last night. It wasn't even close. And flipping the channels last night, uh, as the returns were coming in, it was getting more and more laughable. Watching all these left-wing pundits and anchors uh, just heap praise on Liz Cheney. My God, I mean, you would think that they were ready to line up and support her campaign for president. President Cheney. That's right. She's She is the number one fighter of Trumpism. Just a little perspective here. The people, mostly Democrats, who were last night just gushing over Liz Cheney and her non-concession concession speech, the people that were heaping the praise on Liz Cheney of the, you know, Halliburton war for oil Cheneys, the daughter of the devil himself, are the same people that claimed a woman of color veteran named Tulsi Gabbard is a Russian operative. Let that sink in for a second. The one thing I don't get about Liz Cheney, her number one goal is not stopping the Green New Deal or affirmatively furthering fair housing or Build Back Better or the open border or China or Russia or anything. It's Trump. We've got to stop Trump. Trump, who was securing the border. Trump, who was increasing energy output. Trump, who was standing up to China on trade, delivering lethal aid after the failures of Obama and Biden to Ukraine. Trump, who saw unprecedented free market job growth, not tax and spend job growth. Liz Cheney wants to stop Trump. What's her platform? With all the speculation, she's running for president. What is her platform? What is it? After she stopped Trump, what is what is her platform? We don't know. We don't know what it is. One thing that was left out amongst the brilliant analysts like Steve Kornacki, Wyoming is unique in this sense. For one, it had its lone congresswoman from actually from Virginia. It is one of the rare states that has more senators than members of Congress. She lost, see, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won in a concentrated congressional district in New York City. Liz Cheney lost the entire state. She lost a statewide race last night by 30 points to someone you never heard of before the primary. Harriet Hageman, who, by the way, is an environmental lawyer. I would think the left would like that. But you never heard of Harriet Hageman. Not nationally. She might have been known in you know some political circles in Wyoming. But around the country, nobody ever heard of Harriet Hageman. And she defeated in a statewide race for the at-large congressional district a woman who has the backing of the Bush-Cheney wing, tens of millions of dollars in the bank, 
by 30 points. It wasn't even close. And for Liz Cheney to ridiculously compare herself to Abraham Lincoln, the only comparison, and I am not a presidential historian, I believe Abraham Lincoln is the only president whose last elected office was the House of Representatives. I could be wrong. Correct me if I am. I've pointed this out. We tend to favor governors and generals. Woodrow Wilson, governor. Ronald Reagan, governor. Bill Clinton, governor. George W. Bush, governor. Jimmy Carter, governor. Did I say Jimmy Carter twice? We tend to favor governors and generals. And in the case of the next tier, maybe, starting with, well, Steve Forbes, really, Forbes, Perot, Kane, and Trump, people with executive leadership. That's where, that's our 10. Now, look, John F. Kennedy, Senator. Reagan, Governor. That's right, Reagan, Governor. George H.W. Bush, Vice President, so kind of a shoe in there. But Senator Clinton, oh, Romney, Governor, nominee. Didn't win, but nominee. Obama was a, Obama was a phenomenon. That's 100% true. Never going to deny that. But our tendency is to favor people with executive leadership. That's why when Howard Schultz was playing games about running for president, I thought, well, that might be interesting. I mean, here's a guy that kind of Bill Gates his way into Starbucks, but there's no denying that he took this little Pacific Northwest coffee chain and made it a cultural phenomenon. I was just saying to Bill before he came on the air, you know who I would be scared of if he ran for president? Uh, you want me to be totally honest with you? Bob Chappick. Wait, what? Yes. If the CEO of Disney announced he was running for president, I'd be a little nervous. I mean, he's got executive leadership. He oversees a global brand that is beloved by tens of millions of people. Uh, his production team would be Pixar, right? I mean, think about the kind of people that would be working, that would probably take a pause in their careers to go work for him in a, on, a, on a campaign production team. He'd have Disney Animation and Pixar. He would have celebrities lining up. You know, we all talk about Dwayne Johnson running for president. Dwayne Johnson? Uh, would probably back Bob Chappick, right? He was in Moana. So you look at all the celebrities that have come and go. Maybe he would not get Gina Carano. Okay, fine. Love Gina Carano, I'm just saying. Think of all the celebrities that would come out for Bob Chappick if he ran for president. He would demonstrate executive leadership, his skills in marketing. My God, think about the marketing people he would have, the messaging people he'd have around him. That might frighten me. I'm just being honest. But I don't see, I would like to meet someone who right now is ready to commit, fully commit 
to supporting a Liz Cheney presidential campaign other than someone named Cheney. Here she is in her non, non, um, non-concession concession speech. First blaming Trump, then comparing herself to uh, to Lincoln and even Ulysses S. Grant. Play cut one. At the heart of our democratic process are elections. They are the foundational principle of our Constitution. Two years ago, I won this primary with 73% of the vote. I could easily have done the same again. The path was clear. But it would have required that I go along with President Trump's lie about the 2020 election. It would have required that I enable his ongoing efforts to unravel our democratic system and attack the foundations of our republic. That was a path I could not and would not take. Let me tell you what would happen if Liz Cheney ran for president. It'd be kind of like, well, a little different than Jeb. The political establishment, of course, would uh, would support her because she's part of their class. That includes the elite Democrats. Make no mistake. They're, they're comfortable with one another. They all live in the same Tony suburbs of Northern Virginia or Maryland. They send their children to the same elite preparatory schools. They belong to the same country clubs. They dine in the same restaurants. They, are, they, they, are, they, they have the same book agents, right? These people are all one class of people. Here's exactly perfectly executed political analysis where the argument cannot be broken. The very, very simple breakdown of what would happen. Here we go. The New York Times would immediately endorse her, as would the Washington Post as would all of the opinion shows on MSNBC and CNN, right? And they'd be holding, they would be praising her, she, anything, anything that gets rid of Trump. But the second, if she were to capture the nominee, nomination, the second the general election begun, it would be War for Oil, Scooter Libby, Valerie Plame, that even though she opposed Trump, she's an arch conservative, they would destroy her. They would absolutely, positively destroy her. And if you need any evidence of this, remember the endorsements of Jeb Bush. All of the major, major big cities, they all endorsed Jeb Bush. All of them. Knowing full well what they were going to do to him as soon as the general election begun. These are not their belief in her principled stand against Trump. The enemy of my enemy is my friend would come to a screeching halt. Everybody knows it. Now, I would say her home state, her home state is not Wyoming. Her home state is Virginia. Everybody knows that, too. The travel to Wyoming was that of convenience and transaction. And I think that's part of the interviewing Harriet Hageman. That was a, a key function of her campaign. It was not that Harriet Hageman was like, I love Trump. Trump is great. Trump is the greatest thing in the world. It was that Liz Cheney is how you say absentee in Wyoming. That many Wyoming voters felt like, you know, we have this woman that spent most of her life in D.C., came here with a name and a boatload of money, 
Sure, yeah, you know, we gave her uh, the seat, but really there seemed to be a sentiment from just what I'm getting from Hagerman that people were like, are you really our congresswoman? Are you really representing the interests of Wyoming? Like I said, her focus is not China. It's not Russia. It's not the border. It's not energy. It's not the economy. It's not reining in the power of the executive branch to issue mandates. It's Trump. Well, after, if Trump decides he's not running, first of all, she would have no chance against him in a primary. But outside of Trump, what is the appeal of Liz Cheney to the rest of the country, to independent voters, to Democrats? None. If it weren't for Trump, they'd hate her guts. And even if she led the January 6th committee hearing, you know what they would say? Here's another one, because they already say it. Well, she voted with Trump like 90% of the time. So even if she were to somehow, some way, vanquish Trump, the Democrats would still say she is Trumpian. Maybe a more moral in their mind version of, of Trumpian, but they would tie her to Donald Trump nonetheless, looking at her voting record. Now, if you're going to say, well, Andrew, she can't be that bad. She voted with Trump 90% of the time. Well, that's what elections are for. Apparently, the people of Wyoming didn't think that was enough. The idea that you're owed a seat or owed a vote, that you don't have to work for it or voters can't change their mind, that's nonsense. It happens all the time on both sides of the aisle. But she's done. Now, the whole strike me down and I'll become more powerful than ever before, whatever the line is. Yes, she will go behind the she will She will go on CNN. She will go on MSNBC. She will write a book, all these things. But that is not going to propel her to the Republican nomination. It's just not. Here she is trying to invoke Abraham Lincoln. Cut two. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Lincoln ultimately prevailed, he saved our union, and he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. Speaking at Gettysburg of the great task remaining before us, Lincoln said that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. As we meet here tonight, that remains our greatest and most important task. Is there anybody that thinks there's any comparison between Liz Cheney and Abraham Lincoln? I mean, really? Anybody? But she's got a warning. She's got a warning. More January 6th will happen. Cut three. At the heart of the attack on January 6th is a willingness to embrace dangerous conspiracies that attack the very core premise of our nation. That lawful elections reviewed by the courts when necessary and certified by the states and electoral college determine who serves as president. 
If we do not condemn like the conspiracies and the lies, if we you? do not hold those responsible to account, we will be excusing this conduct, and it will become a feature of all elections. America will never be the same. Today, as we meet here, there are Republican candidates for governor who deny the outcome of the 2020 election and who may refuse to certify future elections if they oppose the results. We have candidates for Secretary of State who may refuse to report the actual results of the popular vote in future elections. And we have candidates for Congress, including here in Wyoming, who refuse to acknowledge that Joe Biden won the 2020 election and suggest that states decertify their results. Our nation is barreling once again towards crisis, lawlessness, and violence. No American should support election deniers for any position of genuine responsibility where their refusal to follow the rule of law will corrupt our future. Really, because you sit on a panel with a bunch of people that deny the 2016 election. You sit on a committee with a bunch of people that never accepted Donald Trump as president of the United States. You actually sit right next to a man that rose to challenge the electoral count in Florida, Jamie Raskin. What the hell are you talking about? She would be better off setting up an OnlyFans page for the anti-Trump Republicans, and that's about it. The entire Democrat Party in the media said that Trump was illegitimate. And because they determined he was illegitimate, they worked night and day to undermine him as president, looking for every reason to impeach him, to investigate him, to destroy him. They never said the country must heal, the country must come together, none of that stuff. But I like the way she says the courts when necessary. Oh, you mean like in 2000 where your dad and his ticket didn't win the popular vote? Wintick 695 Patriot 9572874. And nobody accepted them as president and vice president in the first term. Did they, Liz? I mean, on the left, your new friends. But go ahead and run for president. I'd love to see it. All right, one more clip, then we'll take the break. Liz Cheney also invoked Ulysses S. Grant, cut four. In May of 1864, after years of war, and a string of reluctant Union generals, Ulysses S. Grant met General Lee's forces at the Battle of the Wilderness. In two days of heavy fighting, the Union suffered over 17,000 casualties. At the end of that battle, General Grant faced a choice. Most assumed he would do what previous Union generals had, had done and retreat. On the evening of May 7th, Grant began to move. As the fires of the battle still smoldered, Grant rode to the head of the column. He rode to the intersection of Brock Road and Orange Plank Road. And there, as the men of his army watched and waited, instead of turning north back towards Washington and safety, Grant turned his horse south toward Richmond and the heart of Lee's army. Refusing to retreat, he pressed on to victory. Lincoln and Grant and all who fought in our nation's tragic civil war, including my own great-great-grandfathers, saved our union. Their courage saved freedom. And if we listen closely, they are speaking to us down the generations. We must not idly squander 
what so many have fought and died for. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're standing on the history of Lincoln. Notice she can't stand on the on. How come she can't stand on anything, any moral principles held by the Bush Cheney administration? She never brings up Bush Cheney in a in such a light that, you know, we have to be more like Bush Cheney, be more like Bush Cheney, be more like Bush Cheney. How come she never says that the party we need to be more like her father? Why doesn't she ever say that? Wintick six ninety five Patriot nine five seven two eight seven four. We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Will Count Majority Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.